listening to Between the Good Reasons, the Jason Donovan Fan Podcast. Join us as we discuss all things Jason. And welcome to Between the Good Reasons. My name's Amanda. And my name's Paula. And today we're talking about too many broken hearts. First of all, uh, a few bits of uh, recent news. I only just realised literally about 10 minutes ago, um, it's our second birthday. Oh, hey, happy birthday. (laughs) We should have organised some alcohol or something, but as I say, completely forgot. So, uh, yeah. We'll hold it off for next time then. Yeah, maybe. But Get uh, some decent wine in. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) But uh, yeah, two years, that's gone quick. And we still seem to have plenty to talk about. So yeah, there's still plenty more, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot. I mean, uh, uh, sort of thinking about what we haven't covered yet. I mean, there's a lot of the, you know, TV and film and all that kind mm. of stuff to delve into. So that could be a nice, nice project for uh, for the new year, perhaps. Yeah, some reminiscing projects would be good for sure. Some other bits and pieces. Uh, of course, Neighbours uh, is back with us. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the random sort of unexpected revelation from Jason recently that he was asked to sing the theme tune and turned it down <laughs> what a shame I don't know what do you think about that um, well I can I can kind of understand why he said no but at the same time it would have been quite cool yeah I think it would have been great like sometimes you know it's really really cheesy but sometimes if something's super cheesy it's kind of so cheesy that it's cool yeah definitely and obviously I'm, I'm watching it now obviously now it's on Amazon you know you've got the opportunity to to skip the intro so I often do that now rather than listen to it and I sort of think well if it was Jason singing this I'd be listening to it every single day I would not be skipping <laughs> <laughs> fair point but yes I suppose yeah it makes sense that perhaps you know they had their little moment and that's kind of you know let's draw the line there rather than uh, yeah carry on so yeah I, I can understand why he made that decision yeah, yeah. I understand it as well but it would still be interesting for him to record a version and for it to be like this is what it would have been like <laughs> yeah I wonder if I wonder if he at least sort of tried it out and we just don't know that <laughs> <laughs> well probably at least in the shower maybe well we know what we did a really good job of singing the home and away theme tune when he was doing those oh yeah books back in the day so uh, I'm sure he would have done a great job with the Neighbours theme tune and you know I guess that they well they probably would have like released it as a download or something in there as well so that might have been a nice little thing to happen yeah but understandable why not as you say Uh, it's been announced that uh, Jason's going to be appearing at the Foundation of Light Gala awards dinner on the 30th of November which I think is in Sunderland Oh, yeah, I did briefly look at that and before deciding it was a very long way away. Yes. Once again, it's something that's (laughs) a bit too far. Because it it could probably be possible. I did look and thought, well, if you got a few of you together, then like the tickets, you know, would be possible. But yeah, it was a very long way away. I was thinking back, actually, when I I was reading about that, I I was thinking about we went to some sort of random charity lunch thing many years ago, somewhere in the Midlands. I can't remember where it was. I remember meeting you at Birmingham Station because we were both heading there and then off to wherever it was somewhere on the outskirts of Birmingham. Was it Worcestershire or something? Somewhere like that I think yeah. And, I can't uh, yeah. remember what the charity was now either. I That's bad isn't it? Oh we were just yeah we had a nice meal and I don't remember a lot. <laughs> I remember 
Jason encouraging us to eat some bugs. It must have been around the time of I'm. A, it was just after I'm a celebrity, I think. And yes. on each table, I'm pretty sure there was some dried bugs or something that people were being encouraged to eat. And Jason was just popping them into his mouth, and everyone else was getting a bit hysterical. <laughs> That's my I, recollection. Yeah, I've forgotten about that, but yeah, I do recall that now. So yeah, I definitely wasn't eating the bugs not gonna happen especially after a really nice lunch you know it's not really something you want yeah you know. why would you do that so you don't want any sort of dodgy after effects when you've got to get <laughs> the trains home <laughs> but yes i'm sure there'll be photos and videos cropping up from that occasion when it happens so uh, yeah i'm sure there'll be plenty of fans there who are um in that neck of the woods there's also obviously jason's still appearing in Greece at the moment mm-hmm. in the West End. There was that incident in the news a few weeks ago about uh, the police being called and some audience members being removed. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, it kind of tallied in very well with my, I think I've mentioned this probably when it was announced originally that Jason was doing Greece, that, you know, the incident I had with the drunken people when I'd been to see it years ago and, you know, it kind of spoiled, spoiled the evening. It does tend to sometimes attract a certain crowd who treat it a bit like karaoke yeah well I suppose that's it it's a sort of hem party fodder isn't it and I suppose if people get a bit carried away <laughs> that's what happens yeah well I guess you know people were sort of you know probably made more aware you know it's a bit of publicity for the show it may not be good publicity but you know <laughs> well apparently there's no such thing as bad publicity so yeah maybe who knows maybe it encouraged some people to book some tickets i mean you know you want a bit of uh, extra drama as part of your evening you know sure sure it was very entertaining although had it been in the teen angel song i would definitely have been unimpressed absolutely yeah unless of course the whole thing had to be started again which would extend jason's stage time yeah might double it to nine minutes But yeah, maybe that's what we should have done last year. Is like just cut the <laughs> create a disturbance in order yeah. to not not enough to get thrown out, but enough to, for them to have to stop and start the whole scene again. Okay, we're we're not endorsing behaving like that in any way. <laughs> no, clearly not. Clearly, we that's are, a joke. <laughs> we are very desperate to see Jason on the stage in a few minutes. I think that's what this is what it's come to now. We've hit rock bottom. Yeah, I'm trying to think what a misdemeanour that would involve extension of his appearance, but wouldn't involve getting you chucked out would look like. And I'm not sure I'm coming up with any ideas. No, there'd have to be some serious thought goes into that. And yeah, (laughs) bravado as well. So uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we might scratch that one. (laughs) Yeah, okay, fair enough. Also, a few weeks ago, um, there was the uh, Radio 2 did the uh, Kylie vote of her most popular songs and especially for you made number eight which is pretty good going yeah that's cool yeah and I was I was listening to that um as it went out and they also played the b-side which I was really excited about <laughs> oh that never gets a play oh exactly you know got that blasted out in the kitchen it was like this is brilliant why is this not on the radio more it sounds great on the radio that song it's like you know it deserves more attention there's probably still a lot of people who don't know that there were two duets <laughs> Oh, well, quite. And it's a very nice, upbeat one, isn't it? So, yeah, mm. perfect for, you know, like an 80s night. Definitely. But, yeah, it was just nice out of, you know, all of those songs over the years that, you know, especially for you, still obviously rates very highly and everybody still loves it. Yeah, lots of happy memories of that song. He did appear on Lorraine as well, didn't he? Just to do a little bit of promotion about Greece. 
Yes, there was also, uh, I think that was, yeah, after our previous episode when he appeared on This Morning with Peter Andre, which was slightly bizarre. <laughs> yes. They seem to be having a lot of fun just messing around and not taking it very seriously, which was great. Clearly they were having some good fans, yeah. Yeah, a few bits of promotion uh, for Greece, I suppose, at the moment. And of course, there's always that, you know, wondering, oh, you know, is there something else? Maybe that he wants to go on and promote or discuss. But so far, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's all so quiet. (laughs) Come on, get something out there before Christmas that we can spend our money on. Or maybe just after. Oh, I Mm. don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Just anything. Anything. (laughs) Okay, so uh, moving on to today's topic, Too Many Broken Hearts, released in February 1989, reached number one, of course. Um, Third single from the Ten Good Reasons album. Yeah, and of course, Jason's most famous song. It's like his signature tune, isn't it? Iconic song, yeah. Yeah, so what makes it so good? Why that song out of all of the songs that he's done? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? I suppose it was nice that, like, third song in, he'd got a sound that was kind of his own, because obviously he'd worked with Kylie and he'd um, recorded the song that Rick Astley didn't want in Nothing Can Divide Us. So I guess it was nice that he finally had a song that sounded like it fitted his voice. Um, And I think for Stock Aiken and Waterman as well, it had a slightly different sound, didn't it? Like it wasn't your typical intro, like with the guitars and everything. It's got quite a different sound to a lot of the acts that were around at that time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That intro is really, yeah, unique for them, isn't it? I think because, I mean, you know, obviously... People always say, oh, you know, their song sounded the same. And, you know, yes, some of them had a similar sound. But sometimes with the intros on a few of them, I'm still not entirely sure until they properly kick in which song it is. Probably not so much the Jason ones, but there are certain ones where I go, oh, oh it's that one. OK. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's really, really, yeah, distinctive and unusual, isn't it? So it's nice that, that it has that little unique element to it. Definitely. I do think that makes a big difference. And it just sounded like he was comfortable with that song, I think, rather than Nothing Can Divide Us, where he'd been perhaps stretching his vocals a little bit as well. So that was good. Although I was reading that uh, apparently uh, Jason didn't think it would be a single particularly. He thought it was more of an album track. But also, I think, you know, recording it in sort of, you know, different, apparently different parts recorded on different days and things like that. So probably not getting much of a sense of really Mm. what he was singing, maybe, until it was all put together. Yeah, that's quite weird, isn't it? That sort of lack of cohesion. And yeah, I think I read that as well. I read that he was actually thinking that question of pride or unbelievably change your mind might be better singles. (laughs) Yes. Which I found hilarious. (laughs) Oh, yes. We know how much he loved that song. I mean, you know, change your mind. Love it, of course. Yeah, question of pride, I think, is definitely single worthy. You know, I can see why would have been an obvious one to to consider so uh, but yeah I suppose it must have been tricky yeah when you don't have a lot of involvement in what it sounds like and you just sort of record your vocals and then yeah eventually it's like oh here's your song so (laughs) yeah that must be a very surreal moment where you finally hear the whole thing back yes luckily this one turned out to be a classic so it just goes to show you never really know do you (laughs) No, absolutely. I think it was just everything coming together, really, wasn't it? Like the video. I really like the video as well. I mean, all of that beautiful 
Australian setting and everything and it was a great advert for Australia I think wasn't it uh, you know if that was needed at that point with with neighbours on every day but I suppose it was a different different mm. Australia yeah I was reading about the um the video um that the director owned the shack that was in the video which I think is why they chose to record it in that yeah. part yeah so yeah you know why not if you've got all that just available to you then I suppose that makes sense doesn't it yeah definitely and there was always like the whole I you know it's just become sort of quite funny hasn't it the whole playing an unplugged guitar on the top of a mountain <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you know you can you can practice can't you without having it plugged in I mean <laughs> probably didn't have his acoustic guitar with him so you know what do you do absolutely everybody wants so, that rock star moment on top of a mountain with a guitar so you just have to go for it yeah I just think it's loads of fun it's good I do remember it always really annoyed me about the videos like people were asking if the girl in it was Kylie I was, I like, was just gonna say it, about that yeah <laughs> if it's not Kylie it, you know yes she has a perm but it's 1989 everyone has a perm that's the only similarity <laughs> I had a perm I did not look like Kylie I definitely did not look like Kylie with my perm either um no you're right that is kind of where the similarity ends although I do remember when I was about eight or nine the first time I saw it thinking oh is that Kylie she's on a tractor I mean when do you see Kylie on a tractor when is that well I don't know maybe that Charlene was a mechanic so maybe the stretch isn't too big she's moved into farm machinery well yeah I guess that that could have been yeah the next next storyline perhaps in neighbors <laughs> maybe you know maybe we've written the next comeback for them oh yes yeah definitely next time around next time it finishes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something drastic could have happened in the meantime but so yeah apparently I mean I just assumed she was some sort of you know glamorous model it turns out she's just somebody who lived locally who the director knew and oh. wanted to be in the video so. the jam of it yeah, that's all right, isn't it? Can you drive a tractor? Yeah, fine, you're in. Well, there we are. <laughs> but yes, on closer examination, she does actually look nothing like Kylie. Oh, I was just going to say my personal favourite bit of that video was always the bit where he's wearing a vest chopping up wood. Oh, yes, that is a nice moment, definitely. Um, bit I was most confused about, I think, is the fact that he's driving, you know, in part of the video, he's driving a, a car or a truck, I can't remember. But later in the video, he's, he's hitching. So it's like, what's happened to his car? <laughs> there's a whole story yeah he's, he's off but it's like why can't he drive his own car Do, you know is it for work is he not allowed to use it to go wherever he's going I don't know that was a breakdown who knows <laughs> but it all looks very nice anyway in the sunshine it does who yeah. cares about story and continuity for a pop video well absolutely yeah so uh, yeah it, I mean it is a classic isn't it it's one that you, you never get tired, tired of watching I think there are um a few moments I think a bit like uh, um especially for you where there's perhaps too much eye makeup going on in one or two um, scenes which always annoys me it's like surely that's not necessary you know I know I appreciate that you know some makeup has to be worn but you know he's a good looking guy he doesn't need a lot of it a fair fair shout yeah there uh, there wasn't a lot of it wasn't uh much promo uh, for this purely because uh, Jason was still in Neighbours at the time so there wasn't the only Top of the Pops performance I think was uh, the Christmas episode that year mm. so yeah we're kind of lacking in um, things to, to look back on really in terms of him promoting this I guess it was probably all over smash hits and things like that and all over the kids tv so it probably probably well clearly you know you can get a number one without needing to be in the country that was h- how big things were at the time 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I watched that Christmas Top of the Pops clip as well. And it actually made me just realise how much I miss Christmas Top of the Pops. Like, proper it's, Christmas Top of the Pops. Yeah, not like really rubbish, where it's like yeah, you've heard of about two people who are on it. It's like re- something it was really to get excited about, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah, I used to make my mum time lunch so that I could watch yeah. the whole thing. Definitely. It was crucially important to watch it and, you know, might have to record it just to make sure. But uh, yeah, making sure I got a good spot at the table if it did clash with lunch. Making sure <laughs> I could see the TV from the table. So, uh, yes, miss those days. And it's, uh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't think they do it at all now, do they? I think it's gone gone for good, the Christmas Day one. But uh, yeah, I have to say in recent years, didn't often bother with it anyway. But, you know, maybe they needed some some people on like Jason and I would have watched it. They should have done a more nostalgic Christmas Top of the Pops. That's that's a much better idea. I agree. Yeah, all got a bit too cool, maybe. It's like we just want people with tinsel wrapped around their heads and, you know, a bit of a dodgy tree in the background. That's all yeah, we have. Christmas to Top of the Pops isn't supposed to be cool, surely. That's where they went wrong, you see. Well, there we are. But yes, going back to the video, um, apparently Jason was a bit underwhelmed by it when he first saw it. <laughs> I read whether that's factually accurate or not. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was certainly a step up from Nothing Can Divide Us, wasn't mm. it? So, uh, you know, you would think that, that it at least had that going for it. But um, yeah. It's still one of my favourites anyway. Uh, Yeah, definitely it's up there. I mean, you know, may not be the most creative and exciting video ever, but, um, you know, it did the job. Um, What about the B-side? What did you think of the B-side? Okay, yes, B-side, wrap my arms around you. Um, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) The B-sides got better, didn't they, later on? This uh, this was, I guess, his first solo B-side, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, and I was I, just pleased that there was a B-side, hmm. I think, because often it was just instrumentals. So yes. actually, the fact that there was a song was all good. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but I don't recall being blown away by it. I think it was very much a case of, oh, I can see why this is a B-side <laughs> rather than an album track. Yeah, the vocals are a bit, yeah. I don't well, know. I, I don't... read again that this was another one of Rick's cast-offs. Hmm. Which actually, I think it makes sense. The sound, I, c- I can hear Rick Astley singing it, and it would probably, no disrespect to Jason, but just because of the key and everything, I think it might sound better coming from Rick. Definitely, yeah, I think so. And certainly, um, by the time he obviously performed it on the tour, doing Fine Tour, and I think you know it sounded quite good, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably at that point. But I suppose you know this was probably yeah very early days of recording and you know getting used to all that, so it probably yeah wasn't wasn't an ideal choice for um for him vocally at that time but uh yeah it was a start we all have to start somewhere we do and yeah it's okay of course yeah the artwork was um yeah I'm not entirely sure what the photo was about <laughs> I, I don't mind it I like it <laughs> it's okay it's very I don't know very Australian looking I think <laughs> sitting there with a the coffee and a and hat. hat yeah as you do yeah, it was a bit Croc Dundee, I think, with the hat. <laughs> you said he should have had, like, corks on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Just the Australian theme of the video, you know, and have it all that going on. He should really have, yeah, a proper Aussie hat. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what was missing. I knew there was something. 
But you know, I mean, considering it was quite an early, um, an early single cover, I think you know it was probably one of the better ones. You know, there were some iffy ones along the line, but uh, it, again, it was a step up from Nothing Can Divide Us. So um, you know, very happy about that. Yeah, we were on an upward trajectory, I think. I quite, I think I preferred the back cover, but actually that was a little bit, I don't know, he looks a bit like a schoolboy in that. <laughs> don't know, something about the shirt being done up. and. Yes, I know what you mean, yeah. Not, not very rock and roll at this point, but, you know, there was plenty of time for all that. We're still in 1989, we're allowed to be, you know, squeaky clean and uh, family friendly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> It's a nice picture. It was just an interesting look. Mm, definitely, yeah. I think it is, uh, yeah, an interesting choice. I don't know whether I've ever seen any other photos from that shoot. Maybe no. uncropped, perhaps it, you know, there was a bit more of a story about it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what went wrong with some of the covers that they were just cropped or something. So it's a nice one. They didn't really get much wrong with this, I don't think, did they? No, but, no, it all came together pretty well. Yeah, um, I've been listening to uh, the different mixes. There's quite a few different mixes of this, actually. I've just been plodding through them. I didn't oh, realise yeah. how many there are. The Well, there's the normal extended mix, which I think is the best one. Just very nice. <laughs> quite happy with that. There's lots of lots of sort of dancey ones, sort of, you know, late 80s sort of house and techno type options which um you know some work better than others i think but uh, very much <laughs> of its time <laughs> that's very diplomatic there's the party hardy mix which is kind of a mixture of you know it's got some nice elements of the original combined with a bit of the sort of house um version so uh, mm. i think that works slightly better because it's you know it still has has what everything you like about the song i guess and yeah a dub version which i've just written no thanks we've spoken about dub mixes previously haven't we yeah they're very rarely good so uh yeah this was just another one of those that goes on for ages and yeah it doesn't really go anywhere i'm sure they must have had a purpose somewhere in the world but i don't know what that was there's certainly you know kids buying this to listen to in their bedroom <laughs> they don't really want the dub version maybe if it was i guess it was to get it played in clubs or whatever but yeah even doesn't sound anything like the song then I'm not sure what the point is <laughs> I know oh, maybe we were too young for dub mixes because we weren't out in the clubs maybe but even then you know it's like if it doesn't have most of the elements of the song in it <laughs> just enjoy it out in a club it does <laughs> kind get... of defeat the point of it doesn't it yeah you could be dancing to anything it seems with a dub mix I mean you know, unless you were just supposed to try and identify which song it was connected to no oh, well, there's a good game Maybe we should do that in the future. Yeah. Play like some bars from a dub mix and can you guess the song? Yes, I quite like that idea. We should I quite do- like it. I don't know technologically how to make it work, but. Well, you know, worry about that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll look into that because I think, yeah, that could be good because, yeah, we probably wouldn't get any of them, would we? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Going to swat up now on the dubs. <laughs> Yeah, you can start listening to them because we enjoy them so much. We could just, yeah, we could just have a dub version playlist. I think it might get switched off in my house, but, you know, we'll see. (laughs) Dance around the kitchen to an anonymous song. Well, what's not to like? I don't know whether this is true or not, but apparently Pete Waterman claimed he wrote the song on the toilet in 10 minutes. (laughs) That made me laugh. Oh, God. Well, it's probably not true. I mean, if Pete Waterman says it. 
Um, I think it's probably not true. I think it, somebody else, I think Mike Stock, maybe said that he actually just came up with the title, which would seem more accurate. Yes, that seems more realistic, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, he's never never been one to, um, you know, <laughs> miss an opportunity to generate a headline, I suppose. Exactly. So anyway, I just thought that was quite interesting. Probably not true, but still quite funny. Well, there's an image we don't want in our heads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So next time we're going to be talking about Let It Be Me, the album. Ah. I haven't played for a while. So, uh, so yeah, good one to go back to. And of course, there was a tour to go with that. So we can perhaps there you know, was. watch a few few clips. And I remember there was a lot of, um, I think, a lot of publicity and, and promo stuff going on around that as well. So back on YouTube. Yay. OK, I'll dust off the, the CD and I shall do some YouTube research. That's all for now, but you can follow us on Twitter at BTG Reasons and on Instagram at Between the Good Reasons. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.